Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined as usual by... Pierce. Hey, guys. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, we talked some of the comics that Pierce had been catching up on. Well, I'm now also mostly caught up on my comics, so we're sitting here with a physical stack of books that are bagged and boarded in front of a long box. Yeah. Stuffed to burst in with comics. This, this is weird for me, because everything I read is on my iPad, so... Having a huge stack like this is... Yeah. And I, I read a lot on my iPad, but I still like uh, the physical books, at least yeah. for series I've been reading for a long time. There's just something nice about going into the shop and talking to people. And and, that and that's one of the things I feel bad about, yeah, is that I don't get to build the community as much, so... But so, Pierce is actually holding the sack of comics. Pierce, why don't you pick one and uh, hand it over to me and we can talk about that one first. What do I want to complain about? Um, <laughs> you don't even read half of these books. I, that's not true at all. I think, given the number of books you're holding, there's a good chance you don't read half of them. One. Two. Two to one. We're being very vague for listeners. Listeners are just hearing us say yes, no, Uh, maybe. Started the prequel series. Again, I'm probably going to cut all this just because it's just rent. This is the one I'm behind on. Yes, Deadpool is the one I'm behind on. And one issue behind on that. So Pierce, Uh, pick one from the stick. This, because it was the one that I wanted to read. Okay. And the one that I can't complain about. Pierce has just picked up East of West number 9 and number 10. I think we talked about 9 last time. Yes, I've read 9. But 10 is out now, and Pierce just got a chance to flip through it and look at the ending, which was very cool. Yeah, you told me to. (laughs) Yes, because it's awesome. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, I... I guess I was under the assumption that death had made Crow and Wolf, but that's not true. Oh, and I didn't tell you this, I'm also finally uh, caught up on Saga, because Volume 3 came out yesterday. And I yeah, so let's drop that. Okay, let's so talk about that. Let's talk Saga first. Um, full spoilers for everything we talk about, Saga Volume 3 issues uh, 13 through 18, I guess? Yeah, kind of, I guess, end of Book 1. Well, end of Book 3. <laughs> Volumes 1 to 3, Hazel I is think. now taking her first steps. Yes, so what Not nearly you... the time jump I expected after what you said, but... Yeah, it, no, I said it was first steps. I said it ended you, with you her taking her, her first steps. steps out of the shuttle, which okay. did not mean to me her first steps, but that's what it actually ended up being. That's my yeah. own assumption, but I did not, uh, that's not what I was uh, so understanding. So what did you think say. of the resolution of the writer? Uh, surprising, but I liked how it all worked with Prince Robot rebooting, basically, and being broken and being ordered around by, what's the babysitter's name? Uh, she's like my favorite character. It's um, not Hazel. It's no, yeah. I keep wanting to say Hazel. No. Molly. No. Well, the babysitter being able to order him around and him by default recognizing the grandmother as a friendly. Yeah. And although that doesn't really make sense because she's got horns. No, she's on the I other think, side. I think it was just he was wounded. damaged. I think yeah. yeah. Um, I like how they were able to basically use that against him. Yeah. Um, I, I liked how they worked out the whole. It was kind of a weird side story with the hallucinogenic shark flying space sharks. Well, no, the whole planet was hallucinogenic. Right, but what they had eaten specifically was the sharks. No, no, anything on the planet. 
I understand that, but it was yeah. worse when they'd eaten something. Because even the delivery guys, it was when they ate stuff that they yeah. had a real problem. And they had to purge to make themselves... Yeah, she was eating... What's-her-name was eating fruit. Sophie? No. Well, she was, yes. Gwendolyn? Gwendolyn was eating fruit okay. when she hallucinated but, so I, I, unicorn girl. <laughs> yeah. So Wide-hipped like, unicorn girl. Um, but so it was all very trippy and weird and a weird side story, but I thought it worked really well. I liked the, the relationship between the Will and Gwendolyn and Sophie, as well as the Stalk. Yeah. And apparently the Will's sister, who's also named, whose real name is Sophie, which was a yes, cool review. Yes, that's, yeah. What was her name? The Brute? or the? No, she was, because she's the one that put him on the job in the first place. Uh, the brawn, the no. brute. So it's with a B, doesn't it? It was something to do with force, but it wasn't brute or brawn. It wasn't strength. It was just something forceful. Okay, but whatever. But that started with a B. Yeah. Which, who I did not even realize was, was female, the first scene she was in with the two journalists. I, it took me a second, but I'm like, yeah, I think I see some curves that they're trying to draw on her. So Also, her dog, whatever that is, is awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. Evil uh, St. Bernard thing? Yeah, well, which I think is an interesting antithesis to Lion Cat. Right, which apparently is a type of thing, we not have. just a thing. Yeah. Not just his, you know, a specific proper noun. It is a type of thing. Yeah. They did some interesting character development really quick, quickly through a lot of that. Like, right before all that goes down, when... Oh, why can't I remember Ghost Chick's name? Yeah, I'm not sure. This is the one book we don't have in front of us, because yeah. I can remember uh, where, where she's Where she's talking with the grandmother, and, like, who you... She's, she's oh, a teenage like, ghost. How old are, are you? you? Yeah, because she's a teenage ghost, but... She has really good advice. She's a, no, but she's a ghost. How long has she been a ghost? I don't think that was what the actual text of the jo- the subtext. Oh, of the see, joke that's was. what I blame. I get got what you're that. saying, but the point was this is the type of thing an older person thinks about. Uh, see, who I, has I lived through relationships. Yeah, you, exactly. Even if you've lived through these things, you've been a ghost. So these concerns weren't really concerns you would have. Uh, but had. see, I yeah, I I disagree, and, and that's just not how it's. I right. get that it can be taken another way as well, but so, I don't think that was the main. Thrust let me of the let me ask you. Let comment. me ask you this: the the part that almost drove me away from the the book in general. And, and not for any moral things, but we'll get into it. Okay, because I'm trying to think, what would push you away from the book? What did you think about the opposite of war? Oh, I loved it. I, I thought did that was great. Did you really? Yes. That just bothered me. The opposite of war, we'll bleep it, but is fucking. Yes. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought that was great. It bothered me because I feel like it wasn't set up... With, it, it didn't feel like it matched the, the tone of the rest of the book. Uh, I thought the guy would disagree. No, just everything they've set up with the two of them in the relationship. And, and maybe maybe I just missed it. Maybe I was looking too much at the love aspect of it and not at the... Um, Act of it? Yeah. I don't think they're that separated. I think one is something that ends life in droves. One is something that creates life in droves, that brings people closer together instead of bringing them, pushing them farther apart. But there's also a difference between love in that act and like Prince Robot was saying, just, he doesn't love anyone in his crew, but when he was about to die, he just imagined the giant orgy they all had together. Like, and so that, I think they separated that. But there's also a difference between countries that disagree with each other and war. Like, war is a specific act and a moment in that, just like the opposite of war is a specific act inside of another realm. I, I think, had you re- gotten to read D. Oswald Heist's book, yes, maybe the opposite of war is this thing, but I'm sure the book would have expounded on that and explained how it worked and didn't work and why that yeah, wasn't. Yeah, I mean, in, in my mind... Like, I but really, that's something that would drive you away from the book? What an it author just... inside of a book wrote? <laughs> 
That's so no, dumb. Because, no, no, I disagree with that. Because at the same time, the author was... I, I had this worked out in my mind. While, while he is, is a character in there, they are using that, what he is writing, as their message. So it's not just the message of... Pacifism? It, well, no. I completely agree that the opposite of war is not peace. That is completely... I completely agree with that. But I think they're presenting their thought on the whole matter as the writer's thought. I, I, I think you are much too literal when it comes to that. Just because there's an, an author surrogate of an author does not mean that what that author says is 100% true to what the author of the actual book thinks. I disagree. With some lesser yeah. authors, absolutely. I think Brian K. Vaughn is above doing that. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I disagree. And, and I'll see it out definitely and continue to see where it goes. Especially because I gained a lot of respect for what they said about, you know... Because, I mean, even Brian K. Vaughn in the text says that D. Oswald Heist was not one of his favorite exactly, characters. Uh, yeah, don't, don't, murder, don't murder your darlings. No, no, he says the old adage is kill your darlings. Kill I your, say screw that, kill the characters you don't like and leave the, the and darlings he, for yes, later. Right, and right, who does he kill right. off? D. Oswald Heist. Yeah. So if that is his point of view, he hates his own point of view. No, that's not true. Just because there's a character that's stating that point of view doesn't mean that you love them in that. Like, they are just... How, how do I phrase this? They are another piece of the puzzle that all points inward. Towards the two of them? A piece that points inward, but not the final result. Not the final result, you're right. But he is a large... And granted, you know, that could very well that piece of the puzzle can shrink in the scale of it. I think it certainly will after this. I think his influence is going to drop significantly. But the question is, is that message going to continue and brought up in different ways? Like, well, we'll have to see. Like, and and I'm not, I I don't have a problem with the sex. Like the, the, the fact that there's a sex planet makes sense, you know, with creepy only head people. Like, that, <laughs> heads that was, and legs. Heads, heads and legs. legs. That was They like, definitely had legs. I'm I, I really like imagine things when I read things and just to imagine that they existed in reality made me uncomfortable. <laughs> and not the troll though. Just those two. <laughs> just those two. <laughs> made me really uncomfortable. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. Because uh, I don't and I use this word not and negatively, but it is a very Message feel preachy almost, and like I said, I said I don't want to say that. Negatively. I think it's got lots of messages from characters, but they're conflicting messages, and they're not saying one is right. They're just saying this is the point of view of this character. Okay, and a lot of the characters disagree with each other. That's I would... the main characters disagree with each other on a lot of this stuff. I mean, have you read previous Brian K. Vaughan stuff? Like, have you read Why the Last Man? No, I've not read anything. Like, you should really... I, I I think you're you're selling him short due to the fact that you haven't read some of the other stuff he's written okay. before. It would be kind of like if you were to read, I don't know, just Avengers and say, this is what Jonathan Hickman's point of view is. Death and destruction and the world is broken. And if you were just to say that, or, or just New Avengers, yeah. I guess, if you were, and say that he's just a bleak and he has no outlook on the world and he thinks the world is going to crap, and no, go back and read his Fantastic Four, like... Yes, that's the point of view of New Avengers, but his point of view in, in the point of view of the book in yeah. Fantastic Four was exactly the opposite. I'm not going back in the cave for anybody. The world's the best it's ever been. Stop complaining, <laughs> you know. So I think there's more facets to the writer than you than you have read yeah. uh, by uh, only that's, reading that's 18 fair. issues of that's one very, series. That's very fair. Unrelated to anything, and this is just something I thought about the other day, and it really made me angry. House of M annoyed me in retrospect. <laughs> 
I've never actually read House of M. I know what happened, but I didn't read it. Basically, the world becomes perfect, and then Wolverine gets pissed off and changes it back. Well, that's Wolverine's... Thing is that he gets pissed off. He's like, no. Yeah. If I'm not happy, no one can be happy. Right, more or less. That pisses me off. Well, that's Wolverine for you. Yeah. So, East of West. Yes, East of West. The other series that I really love. Yeah. So this, this issue, issue 10, brings a lot of the plot lines together. It, yeah. Plot lines so, that were earlier kind of, not, I want to say disparate, but they were not so connected. And so, here you start to see a lot of them come together in cool yeah. ways. Yeah, so I'm going to leave that at that because... You want to actually read that one. You spoiled the ending for me, which you know I normally don't care about spoilers. This one I'm a little bothered by. But it's, having it's, that ending spoiled really doesn't spoil. It doesn't issue. matter like a whole lot. But so I will say I look forward to the inevitable team up slash beatdown of dog and horse. Dog and horse. I love that horse, <laughs> and I love that dog even from the he one panel. He's adorable. Well, yeah, he's on the cover of nine too. So no, no, that's horse. Dog is the gun. That's dog. Or is dog the horse? So do you dog, realize what you just said? Is, is, is the dog name, the horse? Is the name of his horse dog? What? No. Horse is a gun. Dog is a gun. They're both guns. Okay, one has legs and runs. One is a gun that says wolf. Okay. <laughs> yes. The cover of nine is dog. That's death's thing he rides. No. This is the sidekick dog that rides around with the Texas Ranger. That's also... Okay. Maybe I'm getting things confused yes. then. Okay. Horse has no head. Right. That's he true. just has a gun. He just has a gun. So yes, horse and dog. I, again, my, my sentiment still stands. Is horse and dog. <laughs> Is horse and dog. Okay. Well, there's the episode. Yeah, pretty you. much. Is horse dog? Is horse dog. <laughs> okay, next. Secret. So, Secret is written by Jonathan Hickman and illustrated by Ryan Bodenheim. I believe it's Ryan Bodenheim. Does, does it eventually make a person? Is that the whole point here? No, 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 no. Okay. It's one of these books, like a lot of Hickman's indie stuff, particularly his more self-contained indie stuff, like not, say, an East of West or a... Manhattan Project or something, which are more ongoings. But more like Nightly News. Nightly News, Pax Romano, where it takes a few issues where you're like, all right, this is good. I have no idea what's happening or what the overall story is, but it's good. And then, like, issue three or four, everything falls into place. You go, oh, okay, that's really cool. And in retrospect, you can look back and see how it all fits together. So Secret is on issue six now. I read the first three, and I had the, the next three sitting around and hadn't read them yet. I was kind of letting them stack up. Finally sat down and read four through six. And it's, I believe, issue four or five, where all of a sudden all those pieces fall together, and like, oh, that's what this book is about. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. And I can't wait to see this turn into a movie, because it feels like it's perfect to be turned into an espionage spy thriller movie. I was about to say, it also seems like it would be a book just from the premise of what you were telling me about. So the basic plot, which again isn't revealed till several issues in, so this might be considered a big spoiler, but like we already said, we're spoiling stuff, is during the Cold War, you had a group of CIA agents and a group of uh, KGB agents who decided, hey, this whole Cold War thing, people don't realize it yet, but this is really stupid and a huge waste of time. So, why don't we put together a bunch of fake missions on both sides? We'll lie to our own respective governments and the other governments about these missions, so they'll pay us lots of money to, to do them. We'll funnel all that money into hidden, uh, you know, dark accounts, and then later we'll live like kings when this whole stupid Cold War thing is over, and we will just retire millionaires and billionaires. And so th- some security folks, uh, like corporate security people, find out about this, they found out their boss is involved, and that their boss is one of those CIA agents, and he stole all the money for himself, and lots of people start dying, and everybody wants this money, and that's the story of Secret, and it is awesome. So I highly recommend it. You're going to want to read those issues together, though, because otherwise you're going to be very confused. So I picked up Fantastic Four because we talked about the first one last time. 
So I figured might as well. The second one, just your thoughts on that real quick. So this is the new James Robinson written, uh, Leonard Kirk illustrated, Fantastic Four volume four five probably now. Um, We had the Jonathan Hickman run, which was amazing. Also, real quick, I got to rewind about something here. This is going to throw me for a loop. Last time I checked, Johnny Storm was in control of the negative zone. No, not by the end of the, the, the Hickman run. That was all sorted out. Why? They let the negative zone have free elections, and they re-elected Annihilus. Yeah, I thought that was a joke, and that Johnny Storm was like, yeah, that, ain't, that isn't going to happen. No, it happened. Like, they were serious. Like They gave them democracy. They couldn't then subvert it because they didn't like how that doc- democracy worked out. They're not the U.S. government. <laughs> but, okay, all right, uh, okay. So, a bunch of evil parallel dimension bug aliens were like, nah, bro, we want to go back to being evil, and we all voted on it, so we're going to be evil again. And then he was just like, yeah, that's cool. Well, they I'll did... stop having him chained up in my apartment and let him come back and give him the rod. They closed the portal to the negative zone, so they're still stuck over in the negative zone, except the Nihilus can get out because he's on the Galactic Council. Uh, except they're not anymore. Well, they're not anymore. Yeah, so, okay, that, for lack of a better term, bugs me. As, as, was it Winston Churchill said, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others, whoever said it originally? Yeah. It's one of those quotes that's attributed to everybody. Yeah, like Mark Twain, Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really annoyed by that. So, okay. Right, I'm just going to stop before I get annoyed at Hickman. I trust him, but that's... Okay. All right. Issue two, Fantastic Four. Yeah. So, this is... We had the Hickman run. Amazing. We had the Matt Fraction run. His FF part was amazing, or great. And his, his Fantastic Four part was pretty boring and lackluster. Now we have the James Robinson run, and I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. Yeah. They introduce some interesting things in issue two. Issue one, you've got all these, like, bug creatures that kind of look like the brood, but not exactly, um, erupting out of the Baxter building and just attacking New York City, and so this issue, they're fighting them, they're not really sure what's going on. We know that bad things are coming in the future because it's kind of being told from the future. By the end of the issue, Johnny loses his powers. Mm, cool. But we find out so that So exactly cr- what the problem was last time around, where everyone was losing their powers? Slowly? No, their powers were going out of control. Oh, okay. They were not losing them, they were getting too powerful. And that's at least what was revealed in the end. But that's not the point that was interesting. The interesting thing is that these creatures, we've seen before. Uh, you probably won't remember this, Pierce, because this is nope. before you started reading comics, but do you, does the term Heroes Reborn mean anything to you? Uh, I know they're rebooting that awful television show. Oh, <laughs> Heroes. Uh, yes, that is called Heroes Reborn. But in terms of Marvel Comics, Heroes Reborn, does that mean anything to you? No. In the late 90s, early 2000s, Marvel pulled to DC and went, we're just going to reboot everything. Mm. And they called it Heroes Reborn. And it was awful. If you've ever seen that image of Captain America where he's got, like, triple Ds and is standing sideways and it's a ridiculous... Well, that's that's the... the Rob Liefeld. Liefeld. That was Captain America, Heroes Reborn, Captain America. It quickly went... Yeah, they quickly went, yeah, this is bad. So they got rid of it. And what they made it was, it was a pocket universe created by Franklin Richards. One of the many times that the too powerful Franklin did something that just screwed up the entire universe. Yeah. He'll be awesome when he's older, but as a child, th- that much power is generally a bad thing. Yeah. Oh, it's also one of the running theories that Franklin is really actually controls everything. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's why he never ages and nobody ever dies, etc. Yeah. So that, it's a theory. It's a fan theory, fan canon, that like kind it. of stuff. Like but it. so basically, what it is is that pocket dimension was locked away. Never to be opened again, etc. But these creatures escaped from that dimension. Okay. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I read the issue a few days ago. But if I remember correctly, Reed says at the end, 
I should have never tampered with that universe. So some at some point since then, he was going in to like observe it, mm. and now stuff is escaping. That, to me, is kind of a cool idea. Yeah. I don't know that I love the book yet. It, the second issue was not terrible. I don't love it, but it's an interesting idea, and I'll stick with it at least through the first arc to see where it goes. And potentially, if they could work that in... I, I don't know the, the connection. If they could somehow work that in with Avengers and the direction Hickman's going. Um, possibly. We'll see. It, just because, I mean, I know they did that with the last run of Fantastic Four, where everyone's like, hey, Richards... How are you here right now? But that wasn't another author working his story in Hickman. That was Hickman having to write around to another explain. author's thing. No, I understand that. That's a completely but different... But, you know, as they explain how each person in Avengers, and I should say New Avengers, is discovering their own way of dealing with the thing, maybe Reed Richards was like, ah, maybe pocket universes. Oh, okay, that could be a possibility. We'll, we'll see. And that's why he was observing it, blah, 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 blah. So... But, so, in other words, I like the idea. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, execution um, is mad. Execution is okay so far. I still don't like how he characterizes uh, Sue. Sue is a badass. Sue is the strongest member of the Fantastic Four, both in powers and fortitude. She is the backbone of that team. She's the rock. And when she's written as pathetic mother get back in the kitchen type thing... like Is that what they're doing with her? Not so much, but even some of that, when it comes to Sue, is too much. It bothers me. Sue is a badass. She should not be written as anything other than that. Except for an Age of Ultron. All right, let's get oh, to something Age of, that Age I, of Ultron was terrible. Yeah. All right, so let's skip something I care absolutely nothing about. Uh, effeminate boy, dude. He's not effeminate. He's just in his 20s. You want to tell me that's not... Look at that collar. That is a popped fuzzy collar. I don't even think I'd say that's pop necessarily. It's certainly not popped on the side yeah, toward us. The side no, away no, from there. us is a little bit. Yeah. Like, look at that. Yeah, pop collar is super effeminate. Look at that outfit. Look at all of that outfit. He's and a Norse guy. He is wearing eyeliner, and he has his eyebrows done. He is a Norse guy. You can't argue that They one. are super vain. That is their thing. Yeah, but most of them aren't wearing eyeliner. All right, that one he's not. That one's better. This this side's better. But still. He's, he's wearing nail polish. I don't even know if I'd say that's true, but that's beside the point. <laughs> you need to lose your heteronormativity and stop with the... What was that What was that thing that we were reading earlier? The heteronormativity man? Oh, so it was a TV trope title for something. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> getting but, back okay. to comic books. All right, yeah, it just... that Nothing about that just says, I would pick this up. Did you enjoy the Thor movies and Avengers? But not because of specifically you, Tom Hiddleston. Did you enjoy Loki in those movies? Uh, yes. This is that Loki who has that's not Loki has been many things over the over the many years he's been in the comics. He's not always that Loki. This is that Loki. But I think I liked him not in a vacuum as much as I liked the team. So like I liked Chris Hemsworth Thor, but with the rest of the team, he's there in issue number one. Okay, that in a big way. Sense. Not uh, Chris Hemsworth, obviously. As long it's, as it's as long as Natalie Portman's not in it, she's not good because I oh I hated her. I, I liked her quite a bit. Um, second issue, it's him and Lorelai, who was... From Gilmore Girls? No, no. Worst crossover ever. It's the en- Enchantress's sister. She okay. was in the last issue of Agents of... Sh- last episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Gotcha. Um, with Sith and everything. So basically, Lo- Loki, Agent of Asgard, if you like Loki in the Avengers, the MCU movies... You said Asgard. That's how you say it. Asgard or Asgard. It's either way. They're both... I know. Um, I just think it's funny. If you like Loki in the Avengers movies and in the Thor movies... If, if you're whatever the 
Hiddleston version of Cumberbitches are. Like, they have a name for themselves. If you're a br- living, breathing person with a beating heart, yeah, who likes Loki, as most people do, this is a series you're going to want to check out. Basically, it is Loki on Earth, ostensibly working for the All Mothers on, in Asgardia, kind of, as they sent him on secret missions, kind of almost like, an, like a secret agent. It's kind of Loki meets James Bond, but he's working towards his own ends. Like, he's playing everybody against the middle. Yeah. It is a ton of fun. Um, and the art's pretty cool, actually, as well. Also, if you read the last um, volume of New Avengers, not New Avengers, Young Avengers, which was just awesome start to finish, this is a direct continuation of that Loki. Gotcha. Um, and it's great. All right, so we're moving on to what I still think is a shot at my favorite superhero, but not in a way that I'm pissed off about, but we just see it differently. Nova, who is breaking out of green chains wrapped around him. Yeah, because it's a, it's a... I get it, because it's called Nova Unchained, but I, it still just feels like a shot at Green Lantern. So Nova's up to issue number 15 right now. I'm really enjoying this series. It is a ton of fun. I could never get into the DNA. Um, Dan Abbott and Andy Lanning run on Nova. Really? Um, I love their Guardians of the Galaxy. I could not get into Nova. I tried. I read, like, half of it. And I was like, I'm just not enjoying this at all. See, I, I really got it. I really enjoyed that, because it was... You're also a huge Green Lantern fan. Well, that's the thing. I like giant, you know, intergalactic space cores. So... It was, and not to mention, it was one of those like, wait, you're not, you're a computer trying to tell me what to do, and you're not fully explaining things properly, and I'm just confused and lost, and so I kind of enjoyed that adventure. And I'm just not into the military thing at all, and this isn't the military, this is a kid who happened to find a tank, and all the soldiers are dead. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't say Amnet and Landing's Nova was a military thing either, because it was him on his own. Uh, for part of it, but it also had the, the, the Nova Corps as well, but what I'm saying is, it's not... Soldier, follow these orders. It's hey, I found a tank. I'm gonna blow some stuff up. That's yeah, <laughs> you no, know that is very true. That's and very true. these last few issues have had Cosmo and Nowhere and Beta with Ray Bill, uh, a ton of fun stuff right there. And yeah, I know people are mad because Richard Ryder and you know you killed and, and molested my childhood or whatever. But hey, guess wow. what? This series is really good. No, Stop yeah. Stop complaining, kids. I I, I think <laughs> it had a couple of rough spots. Like its role in Infinity seemed a little odd. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of series were a little bit derailed by having to, or not even having to, but choosing to have a Be role part of in, in, in a crossover right in the beginning. Yeah. Um, so it was, that was a little out of the place, but the rest of it I, I, I definitely agree with. Uh, let's go with something that I read for a little while and then stopped because it just kind of didn't make sense and I didn't care anymore. X-Force. So, X-Force slash Cable and X-Force. Uh, I was not reading the, uh, I guess it was Uncanny X-Force, or whichever one was the side book. Not side book, but Wait, the sister book. was that the book. one with all the chicks? Or is that just X-Men? That's X-Men. Um, they were publishing, when this book was out, Cable and X-Force, they were also publishing another X-Force. There was two X-Force teams. Uh, yeah, I did remember that. I was and, only reading this one, is the point. And I thought I thought the other X-Force one, no, I was too. And I know the, the X-Men line was just all females. It was like... Storm and... It is right now, yeah. But I thought, for whatever reason, the other X-Force title was predominantly females as well. Maybe predominantly, but I know Puck was on the team. There was definitely male characters there. Okay, alright. Regardless. So, Cable and X-Force, it was never one of my favorites, this current volume, but I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. Like, I'd always kind of wait... It'd always be at the bottom of my pile, but when I read it, i go, you know what, that was enjoyable. I don't know why I waited so long to read it. It was a lot of fun... And kind of weird, but play with a lot of cool stuff. Then it ended with a crossover with the other X-Force book. And I was kind of considering dropping it when this volume ended. 
I was like, yeah, I'm kind of done with X-Force for now, I think. But then the crossover was really cool, and I was like, oh, okay, so if the new team is going to be a mix of these two teams, and I like where it ended, yeah, I guess I'll carry on with it. So now we have X-Force, uh, written by Simon Spurrier, I believe. It, it, I just have the last name on the cover, which is Spurrier, but I believe that's Simon Spurrier. The art is weird. I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Um, also, it works for some I'm things. Assuming, I'm assuming that's supposed to be Domino on the cover, like as the second person from the bottom. No, that's Psylocke. Really? Yeah. Okay. Betsy Brandt. Because she looks like sort of green. Uh, I think that's just the lighting in this room. Okay. There's there's very little green the on the way cover. The way her boobs are, I don't think that's physically possible. Yeah, that's comic books for you. Welcome to comics. Yeah. The art's weird. The story's weird. Now that I've read two issues, I'm following it a little further, but it's still... They're having to work really hard to justify another Black Ops X-Men team. And yes, they lampshade... so many of them. Yes, they lampshade it in the issue of why do we need another one, and they we try don't. to come up with another explanation. I love Cable. I love... The, I just love the idea, but this it doesn't even really feel like my Cable. He doesn't have his telekinesis or telepathy anymore. Really? He doesn't have the TK virus. He's got, like, a... a basically a... a um, Robot arm. Well, not even robot. The, like what's a what's a when you, if you lose an arm you get prosthetic. a pr- he's got like a prosthetic robot well, arm type thing. Well, because his arms he doesn't know how to use it because he's been he's he used doesn't have the TK he, for so long. right. Well, he doesn't have the techno organic virus anymore. Yeah. I get that characters change, but it just doesn't even feel like the same character. Hopes in a coma, and I Why guess that happened. In a coma? I don't know. I think that was explained in the last issue of the other X Force series that I don't read, but it wasn't summed up anywhere. And they, the characters are even like, "Why is she in a coma? Why can't we get her out?" And I'd like someone to really explain how she got there in the first place. That's stupid. Are Peter and Domino still dating? Uh, they're not in this book. What? They were like, dang it! Is what's his name? Is is the Doctor dude? He's still there. Okay, good. Doctor. Um... Nemesis? Nemesis? Doctor Nemesis, yeah. Nemesis? Doctor Nemesis, Phantom X, Psylocke, Marrow. That scene where, where Nemesis was like, where uh, Cable was, was like, alright, here's the next mission. And Nemesis is like, no, no, I'm done. I'm done with your loose morality. I'm done with you. I'm done with all of this. I don't have nothing to do with your next mission. And he's like, there'll be a spaceship. He's like, dang it. <laughs> And it's, another thing that's weird is I don't know who's on the team. Because <laughs> there's this main group of Cable, Phantom X, Psylocke, Marrow, the female Marrow specifically. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so right there, there's two different Yes, Marrow. this new character, Meme, who's not even in the first issue, Meme. really. She shows His name, her. Is, her name is Meme. And she can only communicate in broken internet speak gibberish. Seriously. It, Seriously. it actually does make sense in the story. It does make sense in the story. Is Meme the name she chose for herself or the name they just started calling her? I forget. She was basically a mutant who was being used by terrorist organizations as a super weapon, so it might have even been them who gave her the name. I don't remember. Where is she? She's in a tank. She's basically in an iron lung. Okay. But she projects herself. Yeah, I figured she was a little hover thing. But like, it looks like a misprint on the cover, honestly. It, it does a little bit. Because um, like, even in like Maro's preview head, images, yeah. preview images, that's not there. Really? You've got the little thing, but there's no no head there. You have the little uh, quadcopter, but not the head. Again, I don't hate it. There are some interesting ideas. I'll give it to the end of the first arc, but it's on it's on I a short do, leash. Yeah, I think. And the problem with X Force is that no matter what, I'm always going to compare it to what's the what's the What's the previous run before now? The Remender one? Yeah. 
The one which is they, the one I haven't read. Child, the one I haven't read, but it's super well regarded. Oh my! See, word. I compare it to the old '90s stuff, which means it gets a lot of leeway because some of that early X Force and Cable stuff was pretty. And, awesome. and we'll get to we'll get to Deadpool in a couple minutes here, but just like that is some of the best Deadpool I've ever read. Where like he's cutting piece of his pieces of his arm off to feed to Angel so he won't die, and like they murdered Child Apocalypse, who's on his knees. Crying not to die, and he'll that he'll be a good guy this time and not be evil. They murder him, and Deadpool's like, yeah, even I'm not that f-ed up. So let's do let's let's do the series that I'm familiar with. Tacos are number one. <laughs> I think Tacos number one. Deadpool now up to issue number twenty five, um, and its main series written by Brian Poussein. And, uh... He's that awkward bearded dude. dude from every sitcom that you've ever seen, ever. Uh, one of them, yes. Yeah. Really good! I think we talked about it last time, there's not a lot to say more. I'm caught up now. Yep. It's continuing to be really good. I think so far, Good, Bad, and the Ugly is still the highlight, but I'm liking where they're going yep. from there. Transition! Is this, is this, uh, Headpool? Is that, is that the premise of this? No, no, this is okay. Night of the Living Deadpool, four-issue mini, kind of following up on Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. Deadpool Illustrated, and Deadpool Kills Deadpool. This is Deadpool versus Zombies. It's actually pretty good. It's following, it, it parodies and references pretty much every zombie thing you've ever read or seen anywhere, mm-hmm. and does it well. Now, my question is, I'm assuming it's been one Deadpool that's gone through and killed everyone. So not in this one, I don't believe. It's never explicit whether this is connected to the others, but for the other ones, yes, it was primarily focusing on one Deadpool. I think the protagonist of one of the series turned out to be the villain in the third one. So it was like the main villain the main Deadpool from the first series versus the main Deadpool for the second series was the third series, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. It, it all fits together. Yeah. Alright, so there's Deadpool. Uh, but it was good. Night of Living Deadpool, very solid. Uh, let's do the other thing. I've read the first two. I haven't read these two. Avengers World. Yeah. Uh, by Jonathan Hickman, co-written with Nick Spencer. Basically, Hickman's too busy, and he needs to hand off one of his books every month. Kind of, yeah, but in a really good way. Nick Spencer, yeah. I'm really happy with the stuff I've been reading reading from him. Yeah, it's kind of, especially after issue four, uh, again, full spoilers, feeling like Secret Warriors Volume 2. Which I'm super happy about. Hmm. Gorgon was a main villain in the first couple issues. He's even on the cover of issue number three. In issue four, Sebastian Druid shows up. And I was like, F yeah, Sebastian Druid. I love this character. He had a great arc in Secret Warriors. I'm super happy to see him back and not just lost to the annals of forgotten characters. (laughs) They don't really do anything with him in issue four except introduce him. But I can't wait to see what they do. This series, just some crazy things going on. I love how it ties in with Hickman's stuff. Um, I think Nick Spencer is a worthy co-writer with Hickman. Hmm. Has a good way of channeling his style and feeling like it all fits in. So I'm super happy with Avengers World. Now, let me, the one thing I will say, and I, I think I mentioned, I touched on this earlier, flipped to, to the other side. So Shang Li. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, sorry. And we've kind of talked about him before in the whole... He's not an Iron Fist. Whole we, confusing <laughs> Iron Fist, what who is It's it? only confusing um, because I got it backwards. Yes. Okay, so I, the, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I feel like he's the new Luke Cage. No. Well, I, I, explain what you mean, because maybe where, you mean in a certain way. Where, nothing and, and, you know, I'm not as familiar with, with the character type that Luke Cage was. So what he black exploitation bruiser. Well, that's but that the bruiser part of it is is my thought. Like you don't see Luke Cage in anything anymore. Like what? How many titles? 
Because he used to be... He's like leading Mighty Avengers. Okay, that's one title he's in. Okay. Anything else? Currently, he shows up in things from time to time. And, and that's it. I feel like he's fallen by the wayside. But before that, he was in um, whichever one of... of uh, Bendis' books he was in. Before that, he wasn't in anything for years. Yeah. Well, like, so I, I mentioned House of M. He's one of the, the main Avengers. That's that. because it's Hick, it's it, because it's Bendis, and Bendis loves that character. Okay. And, and I think that's one of those things where those bruisers, you can do something with, and they can have cool side stories, but how much do they really contribute to the whole team? It depends on the situation. But but Shang Chi isn't just a bruiser. They have to make situations for them. Shang Chi isn't just a bruiser. He's all about channeling Chi and meditative thought and being a deep thinker and being able to work through people's problems through talking as well as he's not just I'll punch you until I win. Half the time he'll talk you out of even having the fight. I haven't seen that in the Avengers line, though. I saw that in the one scene where well, he's trying to communicate with Captain Universe. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff with him with Captain Universe where he basically fixes her, or does his best to. Like, he he's, he was certainly the best progress they had from the team until the Ex-Nihilos came in and helped mm, out. Ex-Nihilo. <laughs> the Ex-Nihilai. Um, oh, I love him so much. But yeah, he's a, he's a very interesting character. Alright. What's next, Pierce? Boom! Pretty much what I hope is the continuation of Scarlet Spider. Okay, New Warriors. We got issue issues one and two right now. Issue one I wasn't thrilled with. It was very confusing. It was like four different stories happening at the same time in places all over the world. There was a New Warriors team, but it was only a few of the people who were even on the cover. The, the characters don't even come together in the first issue. But they do, most of them come together, if not all of them. I forget by the end of issue two. Yeah. Um, it's more of... Different heroes across the world all suddenly attacked by the same villain who are coming together basically to stop the world from being destroyed by these villains. Yeah. And so that's kind of their 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 reason for being. Besides the fact that Speedball and Justice want there to be a new Warriors team, yeah. they think enough time has passed since um, Stanford and Civil War that will allow them to reclaim their, yeah. their, their place in the Marvel Universe. And so we've got... Two characters from Scarlet Spider. We've got Araceli, also known as Hummingbird, and Kane, Scarlet well, we Spider. we can say the two characters from, from Scarlet Spider, really. Well, you had the girlfriend, you had the cops, you had other main characters in yeah. that book, or side characters. Um, you've got Nova, Sam Alexander from Nova. You've got Justice and Speedball from the previous version of The New Warriors. You've got Sun Girl, who was recently introduced in Superior Spider-Man Team-Up, and is the daughter of a supervillain who I forget what his name is. Oh, I just read this issue the other day, but he was part of the whole... Spider, Superior Spider-Man's mind-controlled uh, uh, Sinister Six storyline. You've got a, I believe, new Atlantean female kind of replacing Namorita. Kind of. She's kind of got that uh, Miley Skrillex, Cyrus thing going on. Yeah. No, more the Skrillex than the Miley Cyrus. Because uh, it's longer, but yeah. also she's female. And then I believe it's Marrow. I forget off the top of my head. You've, you've got this other team. Marrow-like dude. Uh, the Salem Seven, who is um, kind of the initiative team for... Connecticut. Is Salem Connecticut? No, Salem, Massachusetts. Um, from from Massachusetts um, that are all magic-based users because Salem, Salem Witch Triers. So, of course, magic-based characters. And they're all kind of coming together because the High Evolutionary is screwing oh, stuff up again. High Evolutionary. As if he didn't get his... Comeuppance? Yeah, enough times. <laughs> um, well, I mean, aside I, from Hickman, I can't think of anyone who's used him recently. Uh, Hickman yeah. used him in both Fantastic Four and Avengers. And Avengers but aside yeah. from that... so. And I said this before, but I still feel this way. I feel like Kane's just going to look at me like, you're all a bunch of kids. He, there's a very good chance he will be the, the cable of this team, and yeah. I'm fine with that. And, and, uh, yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, like, especially 
with Noah being so young and, you know, all these kids being so young, because we're like, I, I was I, assassin for years. <laughs> I think Nova and Hummingbird are young. Everybody else is older than that. Everybody else is in Araceli, their mid-20s. Eh, is like 19. That's why I said Nova and Hummingbird. Oh, that's, okay. Those not, two yeah. are, are in to, their teens. I'm not used to her being Hummingbird and green. That's uh, just what she uses her powers to disguise herself. She can t- change colors? Yeah. They, they just decided that's one of her powers now? All of her powers were just decided, because that's how powers work. <laughs> yeah, but she went from, like, psychic to she can change her skin color now. Yeah, apparently. Okay. Um, but so you have a, you have Kane, who's probably early 30s, Sam and yeah. Araceli, who are teens, and everybody else is probably in their mid to late 20s. Yeah. We don't really know enough about the new, um, I believe, new Atlantean, Atlantean chick. But she's knows. going to be the standoffish rogue, blah, blah, blah. But then Kane breaks through because he's been a rogue, too, and an outsider, and blah, blah, blah. Relationship. I rogue. could see that. She's also one of the last Atlanteans, so. Oh, yeah, because they got murder in their face. Yeah. Well, they went to war, and that went well. Yeah. Oh, did it ever. Uh, Pierce is holding the final yeah. comic we have to discuss in this episode. Pierce, what is it? Uh, Avengers Undercover. This is the this is the spiritual successor to Avengers Arena, which is the sp- spiritual successor to Avengers Academy, which is the spiritual successor to Avengers: The Initiative. All series I've enjoyed, which is of course why I picked up this. I, one. I mean, is it really spiritual successor, or is it just straight up successor under a different t- name? This is much more of a direct successor than any of the others have been. Well, no. All of them were in certain ways. Like Avengers Academy was the same location and a, like two of the same characters as the initiative but it was still definitely a spiritual successor um, Avengers Arena had a couple of the characters from there in a new situation but it definitely played off those plot lines and this is several of the characters from Arena in a brand new situation but also dealing with the things from the previous series yeah which also includes runaway characters and Wolverine and the X-Men characters I believe and Cammy from um, Drax and and uh, Drax's book and and uh, Annihilation and stuff like that, and Deathlock. It was awesome. Deathlock. The female Deathlock. Let's forget that those are a thing, and then one will just appear. One's on Agents of Shield right now. Really? Yeah. Uh, Michael Jones, I think. No, is it Jones. is it supposed to be like the Deathlock? There isn't a the Deathlock. There's always been. There's been a ton of them. There's been like seven over the years. Oh, okay. You you know Gunn's character, Gun from Angel. He was in the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. He was, like, the one guy they had to yeah, help yeah. and slash stop. He's Deathlock now. Yes. Ro- fully robotic leg, all burned and messed up face, um, robotic eye. Okay. He's Deathlock. Okay, fair enough. So, Avengers Undercover, like we said, several characters from Avengers Arena still very uh, physically and psychologically scarred by yeah, what happened be. to them in oh, that yeah, place. Oh, yeah, hey, we got to murder our friends. Uh, <laughs> Both what happened to them and what they had to do, or chose to do. Some of those things were not forced upon them. Now, this isn't really fully explored in the first issue, but this is what it's been solicited as. Basically, they're trying to break into into the Masters of Evil for a reason. A reason. And one of, at least one of them, will become a villain by the end of this. Hmm. Also kind of the original premise of Avengers Academy, which was at least one of these characters will eventually become a villain. I think that's just math. I mean, you get a group of teenagers. Well, but do you know the premise? rage. Do you know the... Eventually, someone's going to dick everyone else up. Do you know the premise of Avengers Academy? Uh, Versus uh, the initiative? Nope. So Avengers the initiative was after the Civil War. You had the 50 States initiative, all the superheroes. Anyone with powers had to register with the government and be trained if they wanted to, you know, use those powers for good or whatever. So that was Avengers the initiative. It was basically school for superpowers. 
you know, superhero high or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Then you had Norman Osborn take over after Secret Invasion. So he was in control of the school. Yeah. Problem. So yeah, what he did was he stocked the school with the, the people he thought were most likely to become supervillains. And he did his best to, under the guise of training them to be heroes, screw with them and create new supervillains. So when the Avengers took back over, then you have Avengers Academy, and they took the most problematic students and were like, he did so many terrible things to them to try and force them to become supervillains, to like force them down the path that they were already kind of on. These are the six, I think it was six or six or seven, that we need to focus on, and we need to get, stop this right now. We need to train them to be heroes and work with them. We, we can't let them know what happened to them, that that's why it was happening and that we're worried about them becoming supervillains, but we need to fix them now. That was the whole premise of that book. Hmm. And it was really good. Fair enough. So there's that. So that's it for the comics. Aside from Superior Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man came up. Superior Foes of Spider-Man continues to be so fun. Uh, we just had a one-off issue, issue 10, which was not the main writer and artist. It was kind of the, the next two issues that are fill-ins. But they were, the least one I read to, uh, the other day was hilarious. It was basically three of the members of the Sinister Six, of which there's five, um, but three of them sitting in a bar, basically telling each other the times that they almost beat a superhero, (laughs) or like their best victory, and their victories were either, I ran away, he didn't catch me, or um, I convinced him I was somebody else, or um, I confused him, or you know whatever it was, and mostly Hercules actually turned out to be, so that was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, continues to be good. Superior Spider-Man, um, second annual just came out, which was actually really good. We've really? had two annuals from Superior Spider-Man in the last six months, which is, I don't understand. <laughs> but they were both really good. They're like, crap, it's ending. we got to figure this out. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to more Superior Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man and whatever that turns out to be. And uh, I'm, I'm ready for Amazing to come back. So I think that's it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. Have a good week, everybody. Read more comics. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at Jordan at LegionofDudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830, and just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan, FRM Jersey, and iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out HHWLOD.com for lots of great content just like it. Mm-hmm.